Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome.
Jesus Christ, are you happy to be here this morning? Amen. Amen. We are very much thankful. It's just a a sweet spirit sweeping over the congregation this morning. Uh, How many feel his presence? Amen. Remember the singing, the praising, and the praying is to invite his presence. If we sing and we pray, but he's not here, then our being here is futile. But I believe that he's here this morning. Amen. Amen. In war, one of the art of wars is that when you fight, they say when you fight a battle and maybe you corner the enemy, never corner the enemy until the point where the enemy has got a a way of escape. An enemy that has got no way of escape is a dangerous enemy. Do you know that? Amen. Amen. So, Corona has cornered us. Now, uh, we have no other way but to retaliate. Amen. Amen. And see, until this far, no further than this. Amen. Amen. So, let's pray until we return back to normality. It is not a very easy because when people come to church, people come because of different pressure points. And it's never easy to say, don't come to church. You don't know what the person has been through that week. You get what I mean? Amen. So it's a a very delicate process that needs wisdom and, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we appreciate you being here. Uh, we've got a minister that will minister, but before we do that, Brother Buddy has got an announcement that relates to their office. Amen. So uh, just maybe take a seat one, one second. Shalom, saints. Not much to take your time. It is good to be here from the office of the trustees. Uh, we appreciate you from moving from uh, those. There were those that were still putting money through the bank via transfer and depositing it through the bank, and then the others who were collecting it here. So now with this pandemic, um, you know, we try everything so that now. Uh, we can be safe, all of us. So we encourage all the saints to continue to deposit money through the bank. And then uh, one thing that we also realize is that um, most people, when they transfer money, they don't put their reference. It is important that you put your reference. Before you send the money or deposit, please make sure that now you put your reference. 
money we receive, but the others we cannot allocate it correctly on the office because now we do not know where does it come from and all that. It's not a problem. There are those that want to uh, give uh, without us knowing it's not a problem. They can do that, but we encourage uh, you Lighthouse uh, members now that now um, whatever you do, please put your reference so that now we can know what is happening and then it can be easy for our administration. Thank you. Pizza will say not only the head, the hands, but the feet and the head. Amen. We appreciate it a lot. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Uh, Brother Mutlavi will be ministering this morning. Amen. Last week we have heard about the gratitude. How many, um, how many whose hearts are full of gratitude? Amen. Amen. The ability to say thank you to God and to your fellow human beings. Amen. Gratitude will take you very far. There is uh, either you have gratitude or you've got entitlement. Entitlement it says it's mine anyhow. But gratitude it means I did not deserve this help but you gave me this help. Uh, are you with me? Amen. So we appreciate it a lot for the authentic weight that is being given. Uh, I don't know, as the churches are being opened up, I don't know whether false prophets are they going to go back into usual business or have they used this quarantine time to reflect and sober up a bit. Amen. But we need the real we need the real oh, are you here brethren? We need the real Gospel. Amen. Uh, not a gospel. You know, in Africa, sometimes even superstitions are being misconstrued to be the gospel. Amen. I often say if the cat, if the black cat crosses in front of you, it means it is going somewhere. Amen. That is simple as that. So we have no room for fear. We have no room for superstitions. We have no room for ism. Isms, we have no room for schisms, we have no room for such. We only have room for the weight. I mean, after you have survived a pandemic, the best thing that you can do is to surrender full heartedly to the unadulterated weight of the living God. No time for this other noise that is going on. Just to say, this is the message, this is the weight revealed, and I yield myself to this weight. Amen. That is our desire. Give us a a worshiping song as our brother comes to the fore. Uh, which one? Let's, okay, you've got it. Yes. How many say so in the building? When I remember what the Lord has done. I will never. I will never. 
No, 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 no. that we can do is just to go forward. Amen. So without a waste of time, I will just I want us to open our Bibles and then just open the scripture of Revelation uh, chapter 20. And then from there, we'll also open Revelation 3, uh, chapter, uh, Revelation 3, verse 7 to 8, and then also John 10, verse 7 to 11. Amen. Are we happy this morning to be in the house of the Lord? Yes, I think after such a long time, I think all of us are eager to come here and to worship him. Amen. Because it's been such a long time that we've been away, so I don't think we'll be able to get enough of coming to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So as we're going to start with our scripture reading, we'll start with Revelation 20, verse 1, and it reads in this manner. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Uh, then we can turn over to Revelation um, chapter 3, and then from there we'll be able to read um, verse uh, 7 to 8. Amen. And he says, he reads this way, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, This thing said he that is holy, he that is true, he that had the key of David, he that opened it and no man shut it, and he that shut it and no man opened it. I know thy works. Behold, I've set thee before, I set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. Amen. Then we'll read also John 10, 
And then uh, we'll read only uh, verse 7 to 11. Amen. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Amen. I am the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his sheep for the, his life for the sheep. Amen. We can just close our eyes and uh, ask God to bless the reading of his word. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning we'd like to thank you again for this opportunity just to come and speak to your children, Father. And after such a long time, after all the world events that have taken place, we find ourselves back to where we, the whole thing began, Father. And we believe that this morning, Father, is going to come and speak to our children, Father. You're going to come and bless us, Father. And even, Father, you're going to come and speak to us, open our hearts, open our ears, Father, so that when we leave here, Father, we'll be able to be better people, to be able, Father, to look for, to fight the battle that lays ahead, Father. Because we've been battling all alone, Father, to be able to come here. And, Father, the battle that we've been through, Father, you are the one who prevails for us, Father. Even going forward, we believe that you're going to do the same, Father. All the, 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 the healing you've done for us, all the miracle you've done for us, how you've sheltered us all throughout this pandemic, Father. We believe, Father, it was not through our strength, through our wisdom, Father, but it was through you, Father, through your great word, through your love, Father, that we made, we're able to make it through. Even this morning, Father, who's going to go through life, Father, we can look back and say, Father, that when everything happened, Father, you are the one who carried us. When the people were crying, Father, you are the one who was consoling us. When everybody didn't know what to do, you are the one, Father, who was consoling us. When everybody, Father, was up in arms, with their hands on their head, Father, you are the one who is comforting us. And even this evening, Father, this morning, Father, as we are here, Father, you're going to come, Father, and comfort us once more. Give us your word and feed us, Father. It's like the word we've just written, Father, that you are a good shepherd. You give your life for the sheep so that your sheep in turn might have life more abundantly. Even this morning, Father, we'd like to thank you for this word that you're going to give us to us, Father. As we're going to speak, may you take control of my mouth so that you are the one, Father, who's going to come and speak, and you are the one who's going to come and have the glory, so that your children, when they come here, they'll say, you are the one speaking to them. Because all we, we come here all the time, Father, to just to yield ourselves to you so that you can come and take control. We pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We can have the, the comfort of our seat. Amen. Uh, I greet you once more in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think uh, we'd like to thank Brother Payan for the message that he preached last week of gratitude. Amen. Because I think the only reason we made it so far, uh, it was true, the, we, we can only look back and thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Because people with wisdom, they have already given up on us, but because of God, because of his love for us, because of the faith and the prayer that we are praying unto him, Father, he, he, made, he managed to make, to make sure that we got through. So I think the message of God's retreat, after such a long time, after being on lockdown, it was very appropriate because there's nothing, there's no one else that we can thank except to thank, to thank the Almighty. Amen. And then even if you can look at the events that happened, you could realize that it only took faith, it only took prayer, for us to be able to go through. Because even the scientists, even the professors, 
the doctors of philosophy, you can name them. When the whole thing started, when this pandemic started, they were all dumbfounded. They did not know what to expect. But the only thing we knew is that we are under the shelter of the Almighty. And in being under the shelter of the Almighty, he's the one who got us through. And even I remember another doctor that I was working with, he came and he said, Ah, Mutlabi, aren't you afraid? And I told him, no, I'm not afraid. He says, you, you mean you're not going to catch the, the virus? I said, no, normally if it happens that I catch the virus. Remember, there were statistics that were given that 80% of the people, if they get the, the, the virus, they will have mild disease or no symptoms at all. And then 15% will have moderate symptoms and then the 5% will be critically ill. So I told him, no, for me, it's easy. Either I'm not going to be infected or if I'm going to get infected, you can count me on the 80%. You cannot pit me on the 15%. Neither can you put me on the 5%. Because there's a God that we pray for. There's a God that we worship. So each and every time we look at a challenge, he's the one who will take us through. Amen. I, and I know that we lost some colleagues. We lost some loved ones. But I think this morning you, we should be glad that in Emalakleni uh, Church, we have all managed to come back in full complement. Yeah, we did not lose any single person. Because if there was a person who was infect, infected, he was either in the 80%, whereby he had no symptoms or mild symptoms. And then even if it happens that you are critically, you are, moderate, you are moderately ill, you are not so ill that you, will be, you needed to be hospitalized. Even if you needed to be hospitalized, you will be those in those category of people who will only be put in a general ward, not to be ventilated, not to be declared dead. And even if it happened that you are even going to be ventilated, you are going to be in that portion of people who are going to make it through. Yes, because of what? Of the almighty God that we serve. Amen. And then for that, we're grateful. And then even if it happens that you die, you knew where you're going to go. People, you might find that some of the people were doubting. They were thinking, where are we going to go? What's going to happen to us when we die? But with you, your path was set. You knew exactly what's going to happen. Because your life is not planned by man. Your life is planned by God. And he's the one who leads us through. Amen. So we are grateful. We are very happy that even this day, we can look back and say, we survived. But it was not because of what the doctor said. It was not what the, 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 our friends said or what they did. But it was because of the almighty God who took us through. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, uh, I will just want to go into my message. But before I go there, I will want to read you a, a scripture that I think describes you. It is, uh, it is Psalm 91. And then uh, if we can just open it, we'll just read it before we get into our message. Amen. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. So that is exactly what has happened to us. All through this pandemic, this COVID-19, this coronavirus, where everybody didn't know what was going to happen, we're just abiding under the shadow of of the Almighty. Amen. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God, 
In him will I trust. So we can't trust anybody else. But we can only trust this God. Because his deeds are proven. His deeds, we have seen them. And his deeds has never disappointed us. Hallelujah. He shall cover thee with his feathers. And under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Amen. And surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And from the noisome pestilence. Even the snare of the coronavirus. He shall deliver thee. Hallelujah. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that fleeth by day. Yes, because this one, this coronavirus was like a terror by night. Because it was a virus. You could have it. You could not see it. So it was just come something that came out of the dark. Because you, you, when it came to you, you could never see it. But it was there. You could be standing next to it. You see? In darkness, not be able to see with your natural eye. But even though it was like that, he delivered us. Hallelujah. And it says, nor for, nor for the pestilence that walked in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted uh, at noonday, a thousand shall fall at thy side. Many people lost their life. In thousands. In South Africa, we had 657,677 who tested positive. Of those, 15,000, you see, 8,000 shall fall. 15,857 died. But you were not counted among them. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I think for that you need to give God the glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, 8,000 shall fall at thy side, 10,000 at thy right side. But it shall not come nigh to thee. Isn't that so? <laughs> whatever happened, it shall not come next or close to you. You will hear about the healing, the wailing of the people, but it shall not affect you. Hallelujah. And then he says, only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Hallelujah. And then uh, thee, there shall no evil befall thee, Neither shall any pluck come nigh by thy dwelling. For he shall give thy angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. That is what he has done. Amen. And for that, we can never thank him enough. So, brother Mpanyan, for that, we can never be more grateful. We can only say thank you and thank you. Hallelujah. Because he has set his love upon thee. Yes. He loves only thee. That is why... You have made it so far. Hallelujah. And then he shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will, uh, and uh, he, he shall call upon me. That is the Lord now saying. When you call upon him, he shall answer. And if, dear brethren, he really did answer. Because now as we are speaking, we have, we have gone even out of the peak. I think July was our peak where we had so many people infected even close to 12,000 infections per day. Now the whole situation has come down. We are looking at about even 900. We are looking at around 600 infections per day. That is why even the president announced the other day that as from midnight today, we'll go into what? Level one. We've been to level five, level four, level three, level two, level one. You see, grace. All through that levels, five of them, it was grace that took us through. Amen. Amen. 
So for the reading of the word today, we have just read three scriptures. And then uh, I will just want to read a quotation from Brother Brandon so that we can get a text for today. Amen. Amen. Uh, I will read the key to the door, uh, which was preached in 1962, uh, October 7. Amen. And I will read paragraph 57. Uh, if the brother can just try to upload it for us. Amen. Aren't we grateful? Aren't we happy? Amen. And even for me, we are very happy to be here uh, this, this morning after such a long, long time. Locked up. We didn't know whether when we are going to come back. But because of his grace, because of his uh, grace and mercy, here we are today. The church is open and we are back doing what we love most. Amen. And then uh, I will just read and then the brother will just follow me. And now Jesus is the door to all these things. You see, the things that I've been reading here, that we've been talking about, Jesus is the door to all those things. And then now, faith is the key that unlocks the door. Now, if Jesus is the door to all these promises of God, faith in his finished work unlocks every door to every treasure. There is inside the kingdom of God. Faith is the key that unlocks every promise he makes. The key of faith does that. Faith in his finished work. If this keys, it is these keys that we are speaking on. Amen. So our topic today will be faith is the key. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I don't think there's anything that took us through except faith. In his what? In his, promised, in his promises that he laid before us. Amen. Now, you will realize that we are speaking about a key, and you know that there is a purpose for a key. The purpose for a key is either to lock or to unlock. Amen. And then when it unlocks, it can open your house, the door to your house. It can open the door to your storehouse. Even can open the door to your car. It can even start your car. You see? That is faith. That's, that is the key. And there are many types of keys. I think, Brother Ibadi, as a, as a locksmith, he will tell you that we have, even have digital keys. Amen. We have keys that you can hold on, and we have a digital key. It's still a key. You understand? And, then, and on top of all those, we have what we call a skeleton key or a master key. Now, a master key is different to all the other keys because it can open many doors. You understand? That is why a master key... I will, I will give it as, I will, I will say it's a key that shows Christ or that shows what God can do in your life. Because I will just mention something that Brother Benham, in the message, visions. He says, when he, he, he was seeing a vision and then he was busy praying for the people, there come a time when people will pull, the faith of the people will pull. Now that is the key of faith that pulls him. And he says, when that happens, it, it becomes difficult. He will become exhausted. Because why? It is not him doing him, and it's not God doing him. It is the people go, uh, pulling it. But he says, when God comes and shows him a vision without a people being involved, and he shows him a vision about a person's life without a person being involved, he says there is no exhaustion. Because it is God who lifts him up and shows him what has taken place in this life. But when a person pulls, you see, so God is that skeleton key, master key, 
that when it does things, there is no exhaustion. Everything is perfect. But we, with our faith, there is a level of faith. When we pull, there is a level that you need to reach to be able to achieve something, to be able to go and open the door that is Christ. But when God does it, the door just opens. That is why he says, I, when I, I shut the door, nobody can open. When I open the door, nobody can shut. That is God doing it. But for you to open that door, it needs effort. It needs desperation. You need to raise your faith to a certain level. You need to, uh, to get into another realm of faith to be able to open that door. But all throughout, the one thing that does it is what? Faith. Amen. Amen. Now that is the skeleton key. Now he says, a door, a, a key cannot use itself. I think you'll, understand, you'll agree with me that there is no key that can go into a door and open a door. No. A key for it to be able to be useful it needs to yield to something. It needs a hand for it to be able to open that door. And he says, that hand <coughs> that, is open, that has to open the door, especially the hand that has to open the door, that is Christ. You say, he said, I am the door to the sheep. So the hand that can open the door, that is Christ. It is the hand of what? The hand of faith. That is why we say, faith is the key. Amen. Then you will, you will agree that also a key is only made for a specific door. That is why for, for you to be able to open the door that is Christ, you need only a specific door. You cannot come with wisdom and try to open the door that is Christ. No, brother. <laughs> you need the key of faith for you to be able to do that. Amen. And he's, he, 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 Bram even says, you, for you to be able to master, to get knowledge, you need to be able to have the key. And the key to be able to have knowledge is what? Reading. <laughs> if you don't read, you can never master knowledge. You can never have any knowledge. Amen. But if you read, you can have what? Knowledge. That is why the brothers who are playing piano there, I can just wonder and ask how they do it. Because when he does it, it's effortless. But the reason why he can do it is because he has mastered the art of music. And it is something that is inborn in him. In a sense that I can say, for him to be able to do that, he must be inclined towards music. He must have a talent for music. You see, there are some people, even if they can try it, they can master, they can go to lessons. They can never master it. Why? Because they don't have the talent. That is why even you, the talent that you have is predestination. That is what makes you able to be able to access the door that is Christ. That is what makes you to be able to open that door. Because you've been predestinated to do it. Amen. It is not by default. It is not by your mind. It is not because you are clever. But it is because God, before the foundation of the world, knew who you were. And he made you to be what you're going to do, who you're going to be, so that he will know that at this moment in time, you will be here coming with that hand of faith. And he knows that when you're going to come and access that door, he knows what's going to happen. You understand? Because everything about God is predestinated. Because he can see, he has the old seeing eye, he can see even into your future, even before you were born, he knew who you're going to be. He knew what you're going to do. 
He knew what troubles you're going to go through. He knew how he's going to restore you. Now, there's no accident when it comes to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the key to knowledge has discovered great things. I just want to mention something about a vaccine. Because I think even now with the coronavirus, you'll realize that the main thing that you're talking about now is a vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Russia has got this vaccine. America, that vaccine. You see, it is that cold war coming again. Because even you can realize, there's a, there's a spoken word that, that Brother Brenham, uh, I'm going to read for you now. Uh, I don't know if I put it here. Uh, but what he says is that when, the, the, the first for no, when there was polio, there was a time in around 1955 when many people were sick. And then especially children were losing their lives, even the elderly. Because why? There was no inoculation. There was no vaccine for polio. Polio is a, is a virus that comes and infects your central nervous system, your brain, your spinal cord. So if you get it, you get paralysis. Now, he says there was a doctor who came to him and said, while he was driving one day, saying, if people could just see how it feels to come to be able to go into hospital and see people on a lamb machine. You see, the same thing is repeating itself. People on what? Lamb machine. What do we have with this coronavirus now? Ventilators. You see, it is the same. It shows you it is the same devil, the same demon. But Brother Bram says, because we, la- we would like to thank God for medicine. Because when that scientist, he, he talks about this scientist called uh, Jonas Salk. He was a doctor there in America who discovered the first vaccine for, for polio. Now, it was a, what did he do? It was an, it was an inactivated the dead virus of the same virus that he made and made into a vaccine, and then you could inoculate it and inject it. But at the same time, there was another guy called uh, Sabin, uh, Albert Sabin. He was also a doctor. In 1955, 1961, Dr. Salk was discovering this vaccine. Now, okay, let me tell you a bit about Salk. Salk was a, was for, was a Jewish immigrant. Now, this Albert Sabin was a what? He was a Russian immigrant. You see now, Cold War again. Again, the same thing that is happening all over again. Now, when uh, uh, Jonas Salk discovered this vaccine, his was made from what? From a dead virus. And then a uh, it was, it was, the trials were started in America. After they were started in America, then inoculation was done, and it, the vaccine proved effective. But Sabine did not believe that a dead virus can mount the necessary immune system. You see, brother, immunity. <laughs> we go there to the same thing again, immunity. It couldn't mount a strong enough immune system. So he, he himself was busy with another vaccine. This one now was from a, a live virus <coughs> which activity has been reduced so that it doesn't cause any more disease. And now you will realize that with Albert Sabin, he's uh, the one for uh, Salk had to be inoculated. But with Albert Sabin, his was the polio drops. I think mothers, they know. When you have a child, especially here in the developed countries, you'll go there and they'll give a child polio drops. Now, this is a, it is from Sabin. It is Albert Sabin's invention. Now, the problem with this is this one now. In the developed countries, especially in America, you will realize that they are busy facing out polio drops. They are going back to the inoculation that was done by Salk because 
with the polio drops, because the virus is still alive, it was still causing some outbreaks of the infection. So it was not a perfect uh, uh, vaccine. So, but, but Brenham, when you read throughout him, he's only advocating for what? For salt. And this proves you that the prophet is never wrong. Even up to today, while the, the, the whole world went in and then adopted Albert Sabin's vaccine, even then, the prophet was still advocating for Salk's vaccine because the prophet has an all-seeing eye. He could see, even into the future, what this vaccine is going to do. But now it was the same thing, the Cold War. One from Russia, one from the West. Amen. So now, even this day, when we are looking at a vaccine, you should know that Brother Brenham advocated for a vaccine. Even when we get a vaccine for coronavirus, you are encouraged to go there and get it. Because Brother Brenham says, if only this thing was discovered long time ago, all the deaths, all the palsies that we've seen, all the paralysis that we've seen, the mothers crying for their children, not knowing how long will the child be on a ventilator, whether he's going to survive. He says, all this suffering will not happen. He says, I think it's the quotation that the, 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 the pastor read. He says, I'm for everything good. Everything that is good and sober, that is what I'm for. You understand? Now, even for us this morning as major believers, we are for everything that is good. Everything that is for the development of the human race. Amen. So when the vaccine comes, don't say no because of what, what. No, I'm not. No, brother, you go there and you take it. Even when Brother Brenman used to come to Africa to be able to, 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 to preach here, he will have a yellow vaccine. He, there is a message where he says, My arm is still sore from the inoculation that I still have. Now, if the prophets can have an inoculation, can have a vaccine, who are you to deny it? <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, when the vaccine is advocated, you must go there and have it. Hallelujah. Now, that is the thing about the vaccine. That it is on the way, but it will be the same call to war. It will be the West against the East. Russia against the West. Amen. Now, we read uh, in St. John, the 10th chapter, that Jesus say, I'm the door. Now, he, he doesn't say, I am a door. You see, he says, I am the door. That means he is the only door. <laughs> you understand? And then he says, nobody can come to the Father except through me. You see? Because he's the what? Only door. He says, I'm the way, I'm the only way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the door to the shoefold. And all that comes before me is what? Enemies, thieves, and robbers. Now, I can tell you this morning, Jesus is the door to the shoefold. He is the door to your salvation. Hallelujah. And even the Bible tells us there is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's only through the name of what? Jesus Christ. No church, no denomination, no creed, no doctrine. Only through the name. That is, that is that key. That was what Abraham says. No wonder Paul, Peter could use it then on the day of, of, of Pentecost. They wanted to know how to get into that door. He used the key. There is only one key because there is only one door. Amen. Repent. Every, I'm the door and Peter has what? Had the key to it. And he said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins and you shall receive what? The treasures of God. Hallelujah. 
Now, you realize that he's the door to your salvation? Now, when you enter into that door, there are lots of things. There will be treasures all littered in that house that is Jesus Christ. There will be salvation in one corner. <laughs> Amen. There will be healing in the other corner. There will be heaven in the other corner. There will be peace in the other corner. That's when you entered into that house. You understand? So Jesus says, I am the door to all these things. Faith is the key that unlocks that door. Now I will give you an analogy now. If you are a man and then you are working and then you've been working very hard, maybe you are from the mines and then you just come to your home, you have the key to that house. You open. The first thing that you will do when you come into that house, you will realize that you have to take off your coat. Maybe take off your head and then put it on a coat hanger and then the next thing is that you look for your most favorite corner. And then when you go to your favorite corner, you will take off your shoes. You understand? This is why Jesus says, everyone that enters into me, I will give them rest. You understand? Because when you enter into the house, that home that is Jesus Christ, you can never do anything except to what? To rest. You understand? Because he's what? He is your rest. Now, when you go there, you have to take out your shoes. That means your shoes have trodden outside the world. In the outside world, it has stamped onto things. It means everything that you ever done, everywhere that you ever been, everything that you ever did. When you go into that house that is Jesus, it is forgiven. You become what forgiven. It does not matter what sin you have ever done. It does not matter whether you feel worthy to receive that blessing or not. As long as he, Jesus Christ, you are in him, it is all forgiven. It is all in time memorial. It is all in the past. Because when you go there, he will take what? He will advise you to take your shoes. Amen. So that you can what? Sit on your favorite corner. Sit on your favorite couch. And relax. And be at rest. Because now you've entered what? Christ. Amen. Now you will remember now. Now if this happens and you are in Jesus. We believe that if you have a safe. Everything that you put in a safe is secure. It is safe and secure. Now, can you imagine if you are in the safe, that is Jesus Christ, how safe and secure you are. That is why even through this pandemic, we can count the number and count all of you back because you are in that house, that is Jesus. You are safe and secure, secured in Jesus. Amen. Now, this house, that is Jesus, it is bolted. It is safe. It is the kind of safe that not every master person can break through if you are inside. The devil, when you are there, he can access you. There is a, you know, I always love this story about Job. That he, when Satan wanted to access Job, he wanted, he went to God and asked for permission. You see, God, when you are in Christ Jesus, when you are in the safe, even the devil need permission. <laughs> to go into you. That is why, amen, that is why even if you die, it is not because the devil did it. No, brother, no. It's because God has seen it that it was time. Not because Satan went over and above God and caused some, with some miracle and this. No, 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 say. With him, when you are there, you are what? Safe and secure. Amen. Now, you, when you, you go there, you will realize that when you come there from work, 
there is something that you need to realize that sin on its own is hard work. <laughs> that is why when you come to Jesus, you come to rest. That is why you see people, how, they, how work hard they work, going to parties, dancing. You know, we as doctors, we see things. People even being addicted to drugs, taking stimulants, cocaine, speed, so that the methamphetamines, so that they can actually party for the whole weekend. Drink for the whole weekend. Yes, pastor, they do that. No sleep. They take stimulants so that they will keep awake. So that that weekend, the person will party. Monday, what happens to him? Exhausted. Now you should be grateful that you are at rest. <laughs> Amen. Because uh, if you look at what is happening in the outside world, the people are busy destroying themselves. Yet they think they're enjoying themselves. Why? Because of what? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of what? Of the word. Amen. Now, when you come inside, you offload when you come into Christ. Every burden that you ever have, you just offload it. He says, come as you are. Amen. Amen. So, there's no reason for you to doubt your worthiness when you come to him. Because he says, come as you are. And uh, also, you, when you go into with that key, you, you will agree with me that if you have a key... And then there's no door to open that key. That key is useless. <laughs> you rather just throw it away. Even if you can find it on the street and you don't know where it belongs to. You can get it, but it will be of no use to you. That is why even faith, when you have it, it must do something. It must open something. It must shake something. It must move Something that means it must change something in your life. You understand? The moment it is a key, it opens Christ. You can never ever be the same again. Your life can never be the same unless you open something else and you are deceived into thinking it's Christ. Then you will be on the same status quo. But when you go into Christ, there is a change of status quo. There is the status quo that you had before that is no longer the same because now you've gone into another realm, gone into another place. Amen. And then uh, if even this morning, if you, are, you, you find that you are outside of Christ, there's still room for you to come inside. Because when you go there, there's so many treasures that you can partake in. There is healing in there. If you are depressed, there is something to uplift you. If you are heavy learning, your burdens will be offloaded. Amen. The only thing is that you need to turn that key that is faith. Believe it when you turn it. Believe that it's going to do something. Then you're going, you will see that there will be a, 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 a change. Now, I said before that you might think that you are not worthy. Maybe you've committed murder, you've committed fornication, adultery. As a result of the, all the sins that you've done, you think, no man, maybe I'm not worthy of this salvation. I'm not worthy of the, the grace that God has meted out to me. I think you are wrong, brother. Because I will give you a story. About Moses. Remember Moses. Um, Moses um, was born an Israelite. And he is an Israelite. But when he was born, he, he was put in a manger. And then after being put there, he was put in the Nile River. Because at that, that time, Pharaoh was busy killing the children. Now for the, him to survive, they had to hide him in the Nile River. Because he was killing all the boys' child. Because he was afraid 
that the Israelite, with the number of children that was going on, they're going to overthrow him. So Moses uh, like, uh, was found by Pharaoh's daughters. And then after being found by the doctor of Pharaoh, he was raised like an Egyptian. He was an Israelite. <laughs> but he was raised like an Egyptian. He dressed like an Egyptian. He ate like an Egyptian. He got thorned the methods, even the way of life of the Egyptian. To the extent that even the Israelites who knew him, when they saw him, they called him a sellout. He was a sellout because while they were busy suffering in slavery, you understand? He was busy enjoying himself, eating, you know, eating the best food, dressing in the best clothes of the Egyptian. But remember now, what did God say? He says, separate yourself from them. But now here was Moses. He was partaking with the very Egyptian that his other Israelites had been told he must separate himself from you. Now, this shows you that even you, if it happens that you grew up there in the world, you partake in the sins of the world, you dress like the world, when you come here, it is not what you've done. It is what your originality is that you are an Israelite. You are a child from, of God from the beginning. You understand? So you should never look down on you saying, I was not born in the message. You know, I just came here. I'm not worthy to do anything. I can tell you now, there are those Israelites who even sold out this very same Moses. When Moses was there as an, as, 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 as an Egyptian, there, were, uh, there was an Egyptian that was hitting, beating up an Israelite. Because he was uh, inside. Yes, outside he looked like a, like an Egyptian, he dressed like one. But inside, he was, an, he was an Israelite. So now he went there and fought for this Israelite. Then in the process, he killed an Egyptian. Now the very same people who were Israelites, one day they were fighting. While they were fighting, Moses came there and said, Hey, brethren, oh, you are not our brother. Don't fight. And they said, Oh, now you, you come again. You want to kill us like you killed that other Egyptian. Now here were other Israelites snitching on the very same Moses who wanted to protect them. You understand? To the very extent that Moses even had to flee Egypt. But remember now, I told you, each and everything that you go through, it is God's plan. It was God's plan for Moses to, be, to flee Egypt. Even Pharaoh, the very last thing he saw of Moses was dust behind him, him fleeing. But when he flee, he went to Jethro. Got married there. Spent 40 years in the desert. Every knowledge that he had of Egypt, every food, every vitamins of Egypt was drained in that desert. But one day it happened that Moses, while he was there, he was busy looking after Jethro, his father-in-law's ship. Then there was a, he had a burning bush experience. You understand? Remember, I said, when you come into the house that is Jesus Christ, he will, you will take off your shoes. Here was Moses now having the very same thing. When he went into the bush and he was investigating, there was a voice, the very same Christ, whose door you have to enter. He went and spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, take off your shoes. That means, Moses, everything that you ever did, all the food of the Egyptian that you ever did, partake in, all the merry things of the Egyptian you ever partook in, partook in Take them off now. Even the man that you've ever killed him, that sin, it is no longer counted into you. Take off your shoes because the place that you are stepping in is a holy place. Even you this morning, you can take off your shoes. 
the shoes of the life that you ever lived. There is still space for you to come and do that. Amen. Moses, when he did that, the very next day we see him now going back. The spirit of fear that had engulfed him. The spirit of cowardice that made him to run. Now, here was Moses. Now, remember now. Moses, when he was there in Egypt, he learned the art of war. How to use a sword, ride a horse. But now, when he came to deliver the Israelites, the very same one who snitched on him, he was no longer carrying a sword. He was carrying a rod. (laughs) Isn't that uh, a paradox? That now, when he has a sword, he flew. But now, when he has a rod, he comes back and he wants to deliver the children of Israel. You see how paradoxical this God is. Now, the reason he was showing, doing this, it was, he was showing you that the person who was doing this, it was no longer Moses. There was something in that rod. That is why the, that rod, they call it the rod of God. That is why even Aaron, when there was a dispute, they said, no, let's put our rods and see which one God blesses. That rod, it did bad because it was not an ordinary rod. Yet, it was a rod that was supposed to deliver the children of Israel. Even when they went away, when they come into the Red Sea, and then the children of, of Israel were surrounded by the, the, the Egyptian at the back, mountain on both sides, the sea on the, on, in the front of them. Our brother. That called for desperation. There was something that was supposed to give in. When they went there, the only thing, when Moses was crying to God, he says, what do you have there on your, on your hand? The very same rod. He says, hit the water. Then the children of Israel went through. You see, that is how God works. If you look at that thing, it is not wisdom. It's only faith that could do such a thing that a rod could open up a way. Wisdom, when you have wisdom, I think even other children say, oh, this Moses, what is he doing now? The Egyptians are coming. You are busy with the rod hitting the water. You see, why? Because for them, to their mind, it does not make sense that this rod will do something, will fend for them, because it's just a, a rod. But it was the rod of God. You understand? Now, it does not matter what you've done, what you've been through. When you enter there, your life can never be the same again. And then also there was Paul. Remember Paul? Paul was Saul before. His name was converted into Paul. He was the persecutor. He learned under the great teacher, Gamaliel. He was one of the Pharisees. While he was one of the Pharisees, he went there, killed, persecuted the Israelites. Even when Stephen died, Paul was there. Yes, they, saw, they call him Saul. That is why even when you read the book of Acts, they say the first mention of Paul was when Stephen was hit with a stone. Yes, that was the first mention of Paul. But one day it happened that even him, that door opened up for him. When he opened up for him, he says there was a light that struck him. When that light struck him, he says, he went blind. Now I can tell you, brother, if you went into, you go through that door, you go in through Christ, you can never see the, uh, the same again. Your eyesight, your sight will be changed. How you ever saw things will change. All the desires you ever had before, they will change. The only desire you will have will be for the weight of the Almighty. Now, even your diet will change. That is why Saul, when he went there, he became blind. And the, the, the voice seems to say, I'm Christ. I'm Jesus Christ, the one that you persecute. And he says, 
But I never persecuted you. And he says, the very same saints you are persecuting, you are persecuting me. And he says, go, go unto Damascus, then I will speak to you. Now, in Damascus, there was a man named Ananias. You see now, even today, after you've gone through that door, they, you, and then your side has changed. For you to change, you need to have what we call an eye self. Eye self is like a lotion that you can put on your, your eyes. You need a servant of God to do that. And I can tell you that even in this day and age, we have William Marion Brennan. That is the prophet that has been chosen into in this end time to be the Anania that went there and, and prayed for Paul so that he can receive his sight. He applied eye self of the spirit to Paul so that the eyesight of Paul can be what? Can be regained. But after that, he will never be able to see the same again. You understand? His way of life, his eyesight was changed. Hallelujah. Now, we also have Jacob. He was a supplanter. He was a thief. You name it. He was a trickster. He tricked his brother Issue <laughs> out of his inheritance, out of his birthright. But you know what God says? He says, I love Jacob. And I hate Issue. The very same trickster. But there was a time also when he also went through that door. When he went through that door, he met an angel. He says he wrestled the whole night with that angel. After wrestling the whole night with an angel, he, he, that angel broke his hip. Now when he went there, the next morning he was limping. Now even when you go through that door, you can never walk the same. Your walking will change. You will never be the same walk again. And the people who were looking at the job say, oh, what happened to you? He looked like a crippled, but God blessed him. You see, to the very eyes of the world, it was like he was crippled. But to that crippling, he knew that he had received blessing from the Almighty. Even you, they will say, your behavior is crippled. How can you live this way? What type of a person are you? Why don't you go there and enjoy yourself? But you know that the reason you can't do that is because you've accepted something greater. You've accepted the Almighty. Hallelujah. Yes, so you see now, when you enter into death, your life is never the same. Something has to change. Your eyesight has to change. Your walk has to change. The way you dress has to change. Your shoes have to change. Everything about you, everything about your behavior has to change. Because now you've gone through what? Through fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit. You can ne- it will burn everything that ever is around you. Your life, when you go through that fire, it will never be the same. Hallelujah. Now, since you are in this house, I told you that there are many treasures there. Um, One of the treasures that you can have there, we told you that that treasure is salvation. Um, And then uh, one of the treasures there is divine healing. One of the treasures there is peace. One of the, the, the treasures there is everlasting life. One of the treasures there is promise of rapture. You, I can go on and on and on and on. But there's one treasure I want to speak to you about, about this morning. That is divine healing. Because remember, folks, for you to survive this coronavirus, it is only through divine healing. It is not through any medicine. No. Let me read your quotation. I think the pastor has read this quotation for you today before then you will understand. 
it is on the uncertain sound that was preached in 1960, December 18. We'll read paragraph 33. And it says, you know, now don't teach this, but did you know man in the beginning, when God made him, he didn't make him to be doctored. He had his own doctoring in him. He was equipped. He was a unit of his own. Amen? The healing does not come from any outside source. You get it? The healing does not come from a doctor, does not come from a medicine, does not come from maybe exercising, does not come from the food you eat. The healing is inside of you. It has to come from the inside. Now we can take outside aids, amen, such as to kill germs. Yes, when we give you medicine, the reason we give you medicine is because you have a bacteria, you have an infection, maybe you have a pneumonia. The, vir- the, 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 the bacteria or the virus that is causing that pneumonia is busy going on, destroying the cells of the, of the, of your lung, of, 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 that is inside your lungs. Now, the only thing we do, we give you medicine to kill maybe this bacteria. But now, remember now, inside there is already a damage. The medicine we give you cannot heal that damage. No. What God has given you inside, those antibodies, those cells, macrophages, phagocytes, you call them leukotrins, there are so many, it's a cascade of cells, cascade of antibodies that can come and ensure that you get healed. That is why normally when we go there, we give you medication and we let you go. We don't come there and watch every time and see this medicine is working, what is happening? No, no, sir. We, <laughs> we just give you medication and go. Because why? The very thing that is inside of you must do the rest. The doctor has done his part. That which is inside of you must do the rest. Hallelujah. So he says, whatever it is in us, we can take our hands and cut on each other. Take a piece out or something like appendix or a bed suit or something and take it out. But healing does not come from anything you apply. No. If you have a wound, we apply for it not to have an infection. We don't apply the ointment for it to heal. No, sir. We are, we, that is why we want you to keep the wound clean. If there is no infection, there is not even a, a need for an ointment. Just dress it to prevent an infection because what is inside of you must do the rest of the healing. You get it now. Healing only comes by the power that is within yourself to build back the tissue that has been torn from the place it has been taken. Now, I think this is Dr. Brevenham speaking now. Amen. It is Dr. Brevenham. He says, healing only comes by the power that is within yourself to build back the tissue that has been torn from the place it has been taken. And therefore, healing is in you. You see? And then now, listen and think hard before you pass your thought of this. You see, that's, that's not me. That is the prophet saying, listen and listen close and think hard before you pass what we've just told you now. Amen. Now, and he goes on to say in paragraph 34, man in the beginning when he was made, a man is a God. 
He is absolutely a God, for he was made in the image of God, being a son of God. Then he is an heir of all that God is. A man was given domain, and the domain was the earth. You have power over fishes, over fowls of the air, and everything. He could just speak, and everything obeyed, because he was a God within himself. Not a universal God, no, but the God of the heaven and the earth. He was a ruler of his domain. He was a king, a king ruler. That was man. But now he says this. This is one thing that I want you to listen to. Because there's a, a, test, there's a, 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 a testament I want to give you. He says, even now in his fallen estate, now he still has the appearance. In his what? Fallen estate. He still has what? The appearance. That's not me. That's the prophet saying it. Amen. So you, you don't forget that one. Even in his what? Fallen estate, he still has the same appearance. Now we can read also on demonology. I will read a par- a physical realm and we'll read paragraph 90. And it says, Now remember that fellow that came and said he had a gift of divine healing. The gift of divine healing was in you if you got healed. The gift of divine healing was in you if you were sick and you got healed. The gift of the divine is in, you, is in you. If you have coronavirus and you got healed, the gift of divine healing is what? Uh, it's not me, brethren. It's the prophet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Any gift, it's, it's you the one. Why? Because any gifts operate by faith. That is why we say faith is the key that unlocks the door. The door, even the door of divine healing. Hallelujah. And no matter how much gift of divine healing I got, me, Brother Brandon, I got, I believe it with all my heart, but you, will, you could stand here. And if you haven't got the same kind of faith, it don't do you no good. I could pray for you for hours, for weeks, for months. So it isn't the preacher with divine healing. It's you that's got the gift of divine healing that believes in being healed because it's by faith. By faith, every operation of God is by faith. Amen? Now, if the brother can get for us uh, Jehovah Jireh, that was preached in 1961, 02, I, I don't have it in my slide here because I couldn't get a PDF of it. Amen? So if he can just get it for us there. Jehovah Jireh, that Brenham preached in 1961, February 26th. And I will read paragraph 18. Oh, the font is too small. Uh, paragraph 18, 18. 18. Now we know that the gifts and callings are without repentance. And we can only do as we let God do. And now, all of us know that divine healing is not something that a preacher packs in a briefcase. That's not me. That's the prophet. It's not something that the preacher packs in a briefcase. Or it is something that is God in his hands. Divine healing is your own faith in the finished work that Christ did for you at Calvary. It is something that God 
did for you. Now, it is a what? It is a finished work. Now, you see now, that is why I even talked about the vaccine in 1955. Because why? Even the coronavirus that you have now, the, your healing of it was a finished work. It was not the healing now. The only thing now, you just had to go and accept that healing. And you were healed. Not that God came and healed you. No. Before the foundation of the world, when Christ died on the cross, it was a finished work. Your healing was a finished work. Amen. Now, for me to show you that, the main thing is that I want to show you that divine healing is in you. Divine healing is what? Is in you as a patient. Is in you as a saint. It is not something that a preacher... It's not something that a preacher, even if he has a gift for divine healing, that he can do, uh, do, give it to you. You have to open. You, know, you have to raise your faith. Go down there. Move into another realm of faith. That is why Brother Bram says there are levels of faith. You know that? Yes, he says there are levels of faith. I think that is the, sp- the spoken word that he preached about blind Bartimaeus. He says there, there are levels of faith. The one of the level of faith, he gives an example of the greatest level of faith. He says it is like a childlike faith. You see how paradoxical that is? The greatest level of faith is a childlike faith. You know why, my brother? It's because when your child is there and you are his father, when he looks at you, you are the greatest thing that ever happened to him. Whatever he needs, you will provide it. Whether you believe it or not, for him, you, the father, will do it. If it happens one day that Mike Tyson comes and he threatens him and he wants to beat him. You know Mike Tyson? Yeah, and he threatens him and he wants to beat him. His father, <laughs> hallelujah, with a faith, that childlike faith that he has, brother Dipadi, you will go there and beat that Mike Tyson. That is the faith that a child has. If he's sick, if he's sick and he needs medication, he will come there and cry, Mommy, you the mother, you must give him something to heal that pain. You, know, you see, it's a childlike faith. That is why brother, the pastor read a quotation for us saying there was a boy, there was, it was a, I think it was raining, and it was thundering. And the mother called, went there and said, my son, you know, yeah, go and, sleep and pray and, then sleep to, and then pray to God that God will come and, and look after you. But the thunder went on. No, the boy came back. When he came back, the mother said, but uh, John, I told you you can go. Did you pray? He says, yes, mommy, I prayed. Why are you back? He says, it's because I want a God with a skin on. You see, that is how a child, that is how the faith of a child is. With the child, you, Brother Chet, you are an almighty. <laughs> you can do anything. You understand? Anything that he wants, he just has to ask you. You will give him. Isn't that the kind of faith that God wants us to have on him? That whenever we want, at a point when we want it, we could just ask, then he will do it. When the devil come and compass us, fight with us. We could just cry out, mommy, come, there is a thunder. Then he will come as a God on the skin, protect us. That is the kind of faith that God wants you 
to have on him a what? Childlike faith. Because that kind of faith is not contaminated by wisdom. No, no. It's not contaminated by experience. It's not contaminated by reasoning. It's not contaminated by reality. No, sir. My cousin is a giant, my brother. When he comes there, you know when he was fighting, he says the way he used to, to fight, he will normally, fighters when they come, they will put a gun and then they will walk slowly. But with Mike Tyson, when we went into a ring, he, will, he did not put a coat. He will just, he will come with his track pants, his shoes, no socks, run into the ring. Now this man will be there with a gun looking at him. So he, even before he fights you, you are already defeated. But with your child, you must go there and beat that Mike Tyson. Because of, because of the faith that he has on you. Amen. Now, to go back on my topic of divine healing. One day, it happens that, uh, I think it was almost 13 years back, back. The reason I never told you this testimony is because even myself, I did not believe it. I did not understand it. So, Pastor, I would like to thank you last week for that testimony on Oscar. Because then I realized, oh, that is the reason. Even the prophet, when Oscar was asking for his ponies, the prophet didn't even believe because but the prophet's friend had even told them that these ponies had been lost months back. Probably the bears have torn them up, eaten them up, and then there's no way that they could be. Even Brother Bram told him, but, but Oscar, I mean, it's, yeah, they, 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 they've been long gone and they had long lost. But he says, you know what, Brother Bram, the very God that when I saw you praying for my mother, the very same God that I saw you healing people. I pray to that God to bring Oscar ponies back. Because this Oscar was an Indian. He was an Indian American, so he didn't know English that good. But he says, pray to God to give Oscar's ponies back. Now, months went by. And Abraham had a vision. In that vision, he saw Oscar's ponies in the snow. Now, remember now. They've been lost months back. Months afterwards, a, a vision comes. And Oscar went there and told Oscar, no, I had a vision. God will give you, in the coming winter, months, he's going to give you a ponies. And as the prophet described it, there were Oscar's ponies. You understand? It means, even you, it does not matter whether the preacher or the person praying for you believes it. If you believe it, and then they, 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 remember, divine healing is in you. You can access that healing. Even if the person believing, you know, one day what happened is this. An old man came into my practice. Now they came in, like Brother Bram will say, pecking him. That means they were holding him. Now when they explained to me, they said, no, this man had cancer. He had, uh, he had uh, prostate cancer and it has metastasized to the back. Now, they have just taken him from the hospital because they, they were from Oswuk. And they said, the reason they've taken him up is that somebody in Oswuk told them that if they bring him to my session, he will be healed. Okay. I'm like, you know, the doctor part of me started taking over. <laughs> and I'm like, this person was in a hospital. This person was sick. You guys, you have decided to take him out of hospital. 
the cancer is advanced and you want to bring him here. Now, it was a family. The old lady just looked at me and says, um, yeah, no, we hear you, doctor. But the person who told us, told us that you, you will do it. And told us it will happen. Okay. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Fine is fine, okay. Uh, well, it's like, okay, the man was in pain. He couldn't even move. He couldn't even walk. The cancer is spread to his spine. Now I said, what to do? I gave him the best, the best painkillers we can. Just at least to ease the pain so that they can go home. <laughs> so we injected him, gave him the strongest painkillers he can get. And they left. Now, I think it was about a month. The old lady, now the man didn't come. The old lady came. Now he said, you know, doctor, even me, I have a problem with my knee here. I also came. Okay. Now, the moment I saw him, I remembered. Now, I was afraid to ask him because what happened? (laughs) Yes, I was afraid to ask him what happened because for me, looking at the old man, I thought he has gone, passed. Now I, now I could I said okay if I don't ask him he'll say this doctor doesn't care let me just ask him how's the old man he says no he's going to look after his cows <laughs> now you must remember now people who stays at in the villages or who who are very old if you have cows when you died they will actually bury you in your own crawl. Do you know, how many knows that? I don't know if, if anybody knows that. No. Yes, and then uh, the reason is because they believe that if you die and they bury you, that you will also guard, while you are still dead, yeah. you will also guard and look after your own cows. Yeah. So when he said, no, he went to look after his own, I actually thought he was dead. <laughs> you see, brother, divine healing is not something that a doctor picks. It is not something that a preacher packs in a briefcase. Divine healing is in you. Hallelujah. No, he said, no, he's fine. He went to, to look after his cause. You mean he's fine? Yeah, no, he's okay. Since he came there, he was fine. Yeah, after a few days, he was taking the medication, then he was fine. We gave him painkillers. That is not medication to heal cancer. Now, the, my problem was, I did not believe he was going to get healed. Yet, he got healed. So, you see, brother, if you believe, it does not matter what the doctor says. It does not matter how well advanced the cancer is. If you believe it, hallelujah, if you believe it, it will get, it will happen. They took him out of the hospital. Believe me. Even when I was chastising them, they said, my doctor, this is not what they told us. <laughs> yes, no. You see, a childlike faith, that's what's going to raise the finger of God. And when the finger of God is raised, there's no devil, there's no demon that can withstand that finger. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is nothing. When he does that, cancer is gone. When he does that, depression is gone. When he does that, 
suffering is gone. That is what the finger of God. Now, the reason why I did not, is because these people, well, I don't know them, but for me, they did not look like believers. No, they didn't look like message believers. No, but they believed. And they knew the principles of divine healing. More than some of us here, message believers do. You just need to believe. Now, if you know these principles, what is coronavirus? It's nothing. What is flu? Nothing. What is cancer? Nothing. What is palsy? Nothing. The only thing you need to show is a bit of desperation. You know, God wants you sometimes to be just on the edge whereby you don't have any solution. Whereby the only solution is Him. Then, when you are at that desperate point in your life, that's when God will come and take over. That's when you will see the might and the power of God. The professor will say, uh, I've seen many patients. I've seen many cancer patients. But because they don't have that, they don't know how to turn that key. They don't know how to raise that faith. They die with something that God can just touch with a finger. Yes. So you as a believer, do not succumb to something that if you ask God with just a finger, you know, that's what, you know, Brother Bram says, he as Brother Bram, when things happen to him, you know, sometimes it's a struggle. But he says when Jesus was here, Lazarus, he will just say, Lazarus, come. You see, you know, I've even told you that the greatest miracle you can do is to take somebody that is dead and raise him up because you have to travel to, Brother Bram says, you have to travel through galaxies to look for that soul and get it back into that boat. But with Jesus, you will just say, come. With Brother Branham, he had to see a vision. You know, God has to touch him. You know, but with Jesus, he will say what? Come. Even this morning, whatever you have, he just says what? Come. Come into the house that is Christ. And you will find that your life will never be the same. Amen. It will never be the same. Hallelujah. Now, we've been through this COVID pandemic. If you will see it, I think my time is almost up. If you will realize it, um, this, this COVID the um, people didn't give us, especially us Africans, people residing in Africa, a chance. The reason being of our poor infrastructure that we're living in a um, developing country and then um, we're living in a developing country. There were no resources. But we had something that the West didn't have. Even though our resources were so depleted, there was something that even today, when they look, they're still amazed. They don't know what happened. They don't know what took place. They can't even point the finger how it happened. They say, even, (laughs) the others were saying, maybe because we are poor, because we are living in overcrowded, maybe this coronavirus, because it's in the same class as the common cold, you know, we develop some a bit of antibodies against the coronavirus so that this coronavirus couldn't kill so many of us. 
Remember, brethren, in Italy, many people died. England, many people died. Germany, United States, you mentioned, those are well-resourced countries with the latest technology. Wisdom, that's what they have. What did Africa have? That, hallelujah, that's what they have. Faith. They didn't, I mean, I remember I was reading an article on New York Times. This article was making fun of some of the countries in Africa because they were listing countries and looking at the number of ventilators that we have. They were saying in Somalia, they have five uh, deputy presidents. They say even the number of deputy presidents is greater than the number of ventilators that they have. Because for the whole 20 million, they only had four ventilators. But yet they have what? Five deputy presidents. Now they were coming. Nigeria, they have this much. Congo, they have this much. You understand? Now you look at how the West think. When they were talking about donations, they say, no, we're going to donate 200 uh, ventilators, 20,000 to South Africa. How? You've just told us that Somalia is four. Mara, now you're going to donate to South Africa. Why? Because it's a public stunt. It's a media exercise, you understand? They cannot go there because they are rebels. You know, the media, I mean, they don't be like a big thing. But if you come to South Africa, because the whole thing is in South Africa nowadays, there will, it will be a big thing. Trump will be praised. There will be newspaper. No, in Somalia, there's no media. Why should they take those ventilators there? You see how a man thinks. But in spite of all this, the, the way the pandemic ravaged the, part, other, the developed countries, it did not do that in Africa. Why? Amen. <laughs> faith. But it's not only faith. The reason they did that is because if you look at Africa, it has the highest concentration of message believers in the whole world. Nobody believes the message in the whole world, the message, the entire message, than Africa. You go to Congo, it has the highest concentration of message believers. Now, because the Africans had respect for the message of God, they have respect, they went there, they accepted it. God was obligated to do something. Amen. When this pandemic struck, he was obligated to do something. Remember the pastor uh, preached about the message that a friend of a prophet will receive a... Yes, a prophet. What? You will receive the gift of the prophet. Now, Africa, because they've been friends, you understand, Brother Berman, I was reading one message when he says, it was in 1950-something, when he says, America will, is, will reject the word of God. That was in 1955. He says, well, I predict that they will do it. And they did it. But Africa, when the message came from the West, Africans, I mean, you have nothing. You have no inoculations. You're, you have no food. You are poverty stricken. What else can you trust on? This message of the hour came at a good time for us Africans. And because of that, that is why the pandemic could not ravage us 
like it did there. Why? Because we had faith. We respected the message of the hour. We respected the prophet. You understand? And because of that, we were able to go through. That is why even this morning as I speak to you, we can count each and every one of you. Is it wisdom? Is because of being clever? Is because of wearing a mask? Brethren, I can tell you. Let me tell you about a mask so that you, you understand now. You see, the, 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 the kind of hygiene that you need to avoid being infected with, pandem- with this pandemic, it's absolutely unattainable. unattainable. That's what I will tell you. That is why even in the West, Italy, where they have the highest standard of living, they still got, had the highest infections. Why? Because it's a virus that you can't see. Now, it's not only you wearing a mask. The virus is in the surface. The virus is on the doorknob that you, 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 you touch. The virus is inside your car. The virus is in your bed. The virus is in your sheet. You see, everywhere you go, the virus is there. Do you think sanitizing the hands will get rid of the virus that is on your sheet? No, sir. The only thing he can do is that if you're infected, he can prevent you from spreading the virus to many people. But it does not guarantee you that you won't get the virus. Why? Because you need to attain the highest level of hygiene, which even the West can attain. Now, how did Africa attain that standard? If the West can attain it, was it possible for Africa to attain it? Now you see now, that means you turned the key. You opened that door. You went inside and you were sheltered inside. Even sheltered and secured from the very same coronavirus. Hallelujah. So for that, you must thank the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, with these few words, I think that will be... I still have notes here, but I think time is not on my side. So we, we will just ask the pastor if we can just sing uh, uh, a song. And then from there, the pastor will come and take off. And uh, the other thing is because Africa, because of how they believe uh, uh, in the message, they created an atmosphere... Brother Bram says you must create an atmosphere for faith to be able to operate in. Now, because of that, Africa raised the level of faith to an extent that the faith felt welcome. Faith felt at home in Africa so that it could go there and flex its muscle, show what it is. It could go there and show what it can do for the African people. So for that, we would like to thank the Lord. And we can never thank him enough. That is why Brother Mpanyan says, we must show gratitude. Because we can never, ever thank him enough. Hallelujah. So we can just stand up and then the musician can come. Amen. You can just sing a worshiping song and the pastor will come and take over. Amen. I think now, Brandon, you must be very happy to be an African. You must be happy to be a message believer. 
because, because of the faith that you had in the prophet, because of the way you respected the message of the prophet, the way you kept the message of the prophet, you've been rewarded with what? Surviving the pandemic that is coronavirus. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Pastor, you can come in. You can just give us a song, my brother. I
Hallelujah. Hi. You can give him a round of applause. You can give him a round of applause. Amen. How many were blessed this morning? You know, one thing that you know that a sermon is going to be a blessing is when a sermon gives the preeminency to God. Did you hear? A divine healing is not something that a preacher packs into a briefcase. And how many preachers would want you to believe that his briefcase has got divine healing? But here is a prophet, he says, it is not in the briefcase, it is in you already. Ah, we thank God for this message. Now, you see how Mkulu and Gogo went to the doctor and moved, took Mkulu out of the hospital, you know, downgraded, because normally the doctor refers you to the hospital. But now they said, we took him out of the hospital. We brought him here where the resources are limited because we believe he's going to be fine. Stage 4 prostate cancer that had spread to the back. These are not believers. These are not message believers. These are just the people that took somebody's weight by faith and say, if he says we must do, we will do it and it will deliver the results. And it delivered the results. Brother Brenham said that's how we are on this continent. Remember, in America, there was a time, I think it was two weeks on daily basis. Every night, Brother Brenham was praying for the sick until he was, he almost died because of fatigue. Then he says, the reason it becomes strenuous to pray for the sick in America is because uh, I have to convince a person. That's why he will say, we are strangers to one another. Uh, uh, you are not from here. You are such and such. So that was draining. But he says, it is not like so when I go to Africa. He says, one prayer, one prayer can heal 30,000 people. Ah, brother. So the problem is wisdom there. Uh, but here we have faith. And if you don't have faith, what are you going to trust in? Here, if you don't have faith, what are you going to trust in? Even the doctor will tell you that we have run out of medication. I only have panado. What are you going to do? But by faith, faith will deliver the result. Faith is the, and not just a key, master key. It opens every door. Ah, we are really blessed by this message. This, this is the gospel. After the coronavirus, we need pure. We don't compromise, Bazalwa. If we don't preach pure gospel, you find another place. Because you can't rob yourself after a, a, a pandemic. You need a pure that, that, that gives God the preeminency. That gives Jesus Christ the preeminency. He, he didn't say. Uh, the divine healing is in the pastor's office when you open the cupboard. No, it's not in the briefcase. Divine healing is in you, put by who? By God before the foundation of the world. And all we are doing here is to activate what is already in. You know, I heard Brother Donny Regan 
there's a clip that I saw where you know that he he had, he was affected by the COVID-19 and it became very bad where he struggled to pray. But he says during that time he had a very still small voice saying to him, it was as if it was God saying to him, can I borrow your body? Can I borrow your body for a miracle? So sometimes when we are sick, it's not because we are sick. It's because God wants to borrow your body. God wants to borrow your life. God wants to borrow whatever is there for his glory. So everything that we have, we say, God, it's available for your glory. Ah, we thank God for this message. I think we can sing this song. Avumili. Amazulu. Avumili. Heavens have agreed. Amen. By God's grace, we are still here. Even our, our senior members of the church, some of them gave me a call and said, Pastor, we are coming to church. Now, now I can't say, who's this uh, uh, epidemiologist, the top leading one, the Indian? Dr. Who? Karim. Yeah, I can't say Dr. Karim because they say, we are coming. We feel led by the Holy Spirit to come. And if the Holy Spirit says they must come, the Holy Spirit will take responsibility. Yes, we can, be preco- we can take precautions, but let's not be too analytical. Virus is all over, Brother Mishlaib. This one, say, uh, sometimes we just wear them to show that we really respect what the doctors say. <laughs> but uh, there is not much here. Amen. Now, let's sing... Avumili. 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 All over the
back to church. Oh, one sister called me during a lockdown and said, Pastor, hey, we used to not to come to Wednesday meetings, but hey, after this corona is gone, I will always be in church. I said, she's hungry. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in the presence of... There is a certain purification just that comes just by being in the presence of God. You feel more lighter. You feel you can handle certain challenges much better. But when you are out there in isolation, it becomes difficult. Amen. As we are going to wrap up. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, folks. There is power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There is
is power.
strongly believe, wrongly believe as we wrap up in prayer. Amen. Wrongly believe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. we receive
How many believe so? about with the door closed if you have any requests you can indicate by raising your hand so that we remember you in prayer Gracious Heavenly Father, we have seen you, especially during this time. I personally have seen you, and I can testify of your greatness. I can testify of your faithfulness. And I can say of many things that you have done, there is one thing that you have never done. It is to disappoint us. I look down history, dear God. I have never come even one time where any individual has ever accused you of disappointing them. But yet many times we have disappointed you. But Lord, we have seen your grace, dear God. As the brothers have come here ministering to the saints... From last Sunday, dear God, we have heard how they have emphasized of how you have preserved us. Dear God, it was during this pandemic where the economy was shedding jobs. It is in this very economy where brothers came and say, I got a job. It is in this bleak economy where brothers came and say, I have a promotion. It is in this bleak economy where I've heard people say, the Lord has healed me. Yes, there have been believers that have been sick, dear God. And when we got together and prayed as an army of God, you delivered them completely. Dear God, that is why we are bringing thanksgiving to you. There is no God like you. 
We have seen many gods, but there is no God like you. We have seen the gospels, but there is no gospel like your gospel. We have seen the prophets, but there is no prophets like this prophet. Oh dear God, we have seen people claiming to believe, but we have never seen believers like these believers. Dear God, we appreciate you. We thank you for being there to have a breakthrough in our lives. Our brother has told us about a key, which is the faith that opens the doors. I believe many people in the building have got testimonies where, dear God, they had reached a cul-de-sac and demons and Satan were laughing at them and people were looking at them and watching them and saying it's going to be their downfall. But Lord, when things were going wrong, right there, Jesus came at the right time and changed everything and made a believer to glorify your name and made a believer to have a praise over their situation. Oh God, you are such a beautiful God. You are such an amazing God. You are such a loving God. You are such a healing God. Everything that you do is amazing God. Even this morning you moved in a very special way and you touched our hearts, dear God. You reinvigorated our faith. And we are coming out of this church, dear God, with our chest. With faith having developed the muscles. And we say, where is another challenge? Because we've got faith. Where is another challenge? Because we've had the gospel that tells us that greater is he that is in us than the one that is in the world. Satan, you are a liar. Satan, you had so many bad plans about the believers, but we have stopped you in your tracks. And even right now, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no right to cause any interruption. You and your demons, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you are a liar. Satan, you are a bluff. Satan, you cannot do anything because we have been insulated. We have entered into that place where we are in safe by the name of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, we have just sung a song. There is power in the name of Jesus. And right now, over every situation, we are pronouncing the name of Jesus Christ. Over every sickness now, we are pronouncing the name of Jesus Christ. Over every plan now, we pronounce the name of Jesus Christ. And Satan, you have no chance because now we know we are an army that is rising. We pray for our families, dear God. We pray for our loved ones, dear God. And Heavenly Father, as we leave this place, we are asking for the traveling mercy. This week is beginning. May it be a week of miracles. May it be a week of supernaturals. May it be a week of testimonies. May it be a week of healings. May it be a week of praises, dear God. Oh Lord, the more you do things to us, you give us the boldness to break about you. To tell the people that you are a living God. To tell the people that our God is by our side. You said in your way you will be with us. And even in us until the end. And here you are, dear God. We see many things, dear God. I know a testimony of a brother where he was being retrenched and at the moment when he was retrenched, he walked out of a building and he received a call of a job offer. Who can design these things? 
It is the Almighty God. Lord, we want to thank you. I have no words this morning to thank you. But we say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you, dear God, for being the kind of God that is caring. That is why we say we have a Father who knows us, who holds us, who encourages us, who guides us. Thank you for not leaving us like orphans. And dear God, I pray for every brother. I pray for every sister in the building. Even those that have raised their hands. Dear God, there is no need that you cannot meet. And Lord, I believe that those hands have gone up because they were propelled by a need. And I believe you will meet every believer at their point of need. And when you have done the miraculous, when you have done the paradoxical, they will come back to the house of the Lord to testify and to give others an encouragement and say, the Lord has done it. The Lord is faithful. The Lord has kept his weight. Even dear God, those that may be sick and afflicted, dear God, we are sending a divine healing their way. May you completely deliver them, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Pray for our brother. You have used him, dear God. May you restore the virtue that he has lost. May you continue to visit him and revelate him and give him more revelation so that he can become profitable to the ministry. That is our desire as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, this we live with this song. It's Jehovah, when he has opened the doors, no one can shut them. And when he has shut the doors, no one can open them. In Amen. I think... Uh, the best thing that you can give him is to glorify him. Don't worry about everything. Everything is under control. God is in charge. Until we see you next Sunday, amen. You see, we are returning back to normality. Amen. So we will be, uh, they say, 50%, uh, no more than 250 but I think we are almost there. Amen. So we are hoping, looking forward to seeing all of you again next Sunday. Amen. We'll just do additions uh, here and there and adjustments there and there. Amen. But uh, if a visitor comes, we don't say invite them, but we don't chase a visitor away. We rather, I would rather listen in my car and a visitor has a chair than to send a visitor home. Amen. The Bible says, come those that are heavy and Amen. It never sets suspended until when there is corona. Amen. There are, there are some where we will understand corona, but there are some areas where it is non-negotiable. <laughs> if we die, we die. Amen. God bless you. Till we see you, have a blessed week. God bless you, Brahmatlai. Oh.
to Amen.
many know the song in Gumlilo Lento? Ivalero, Ivalero, Ivumliro. 